chapter nine. I stumbled back. Rosie? No, no, no. I was dreaming. It was a trick. Then I remembered what Miss Cat had said. She'll be changed. I fell to my knees. Rosie's eyes twitched, switched back to red. She sniffed the air near me. Did she recognize me? Rosie, I mumbled. Her ears, her pointed ears pricked. A pooch scoffed at each top. You think your hellhounds can stop me? He looked around at the few demons still standing. Or your pitiful horde. Vain, Hondo shouted. We all spun to see him run into the clearing, waving a flashlight, pointing its flesh-burning beam. Jazz was right behind him, and they were both wearing red masks like Quinn's. Ishtab raised her hand and said some strange word I didn't recognize. The demons charged toward Hondo and Jazz. Black grew, hair grew out of the demons' mouths at freakish speed. Hondo and Jazz were outnumbered. Why would Hondo be so stupid? Then I realized he wouldn't. No way would my uncle march into battle without reinforcements. While I was distracted, a pooch blew a hot breath, creating a barred cage of black smoke all around me. No, I screamed. Relax for a while. This should be fun to watch, she said. Should we take bets? I'm going with the demons. I rushed toward the smoke bars, thinking I'd pass right through them, but they were as strong as iron, and I slammed into them before stumbling back, dazed. I, lift my, I lifted my spear, hoping it could cut through the spell, but when I launched it at a pooch, it bounced right off the smoke. Panic clawed at my insides. I couldn't let anyone else fight this battle for me. A great wind blew across the field, hot and dry, spreading Ishtab's flames. Quinn crawled over to me. I wanted to harness the fire to draw it in and use it against Apooch. But what good would it do to me? First, I didn't know how to control it. Second, if Ishtab's fire couldn't kill him, mine surely wouldn't, and I might end up torching the whole place, and Brooks and Hondo with it. I couldn't take my eyes off Hondo who had climbed into a tree and was pointing his deadly red light at, on the demons below. They writhed and screamed as the beam burned them. A pooch merely leaned against my cage, watching and smiling. I really need to get one of those toys. A second later, dozens of red-robed warriors raced from behind the trees. The spark strikers trained orphans. So many things happened at the exact same moment. Shrieks split the hot air, the hellhounds growled and gnashed their teeth. Everyone ran at each other like a stampede of elephants. The ground shook. It was all chaos and hair and fangs and screaming. Brooks, now masked, took off running into the melee. Jazz fought off three demons while another clung to his back, strangling him with a thick band of hair until his eye bugged out. Brooks aimed her flashlight and burned the demon off Jazz's back. It writhed into a column of black smoke. The red warriors hurled themselves right into the demon's path displaying no fear as they reached their robes, into their robes. By the time I realized what they were reaching for, their lightning bolts were already flying through the air, exploding like fireworks. Now I knew why they were all wearing masks. I covered my eyes and waited for the searing pain to come, but I never did. I opened my eyes, but it never did. I opened my eyes, fluttering them wildly. I could still see. The silver demons screamed, clawing at their faces as their eyes burst into flames. Ishtab raised her hands toward the field and was chanting something when Quinn scrambled to her feet and rammed a lightning rod into her spine. Ishtab exploded into a tower of white fire. Now, Quinn yelled at me, the magic will only hold her for seconds. At the same moment, Brooks morphed into a hawk. I guess she could do it because Ishtab was out of commission, at least temporarily. Quinn stepped back, her eyes wide as she watched her sister fly at the god of death. Then Quinn dove between Apooch and Brooks. With a flick of his wrist, he sent both of them hurtling over the wall of flames. Brooks, I shook the smoke bars. 
Apooch turned to me and smiled, taking a deep breath. I just love the smell of war and death. Do you smell its sweetness? Hate burned inside of me. Let me out, you, you disgusting cockroach. Don't judge. It was the only insult I could think of in the moment. And you'll what? Kill me with your little lightning spear? He nodded once and the smoke prison disappeared. I didn't hesitate. I launched the spear at Apooch. It rocketed toward him, a blazing light, but right before it hit, he vanished. I spun to find him behind me, smiling. He twisted me around and gripped the back of my neck, drawing blood with his nails. So much for my dynamo spear, which, by the way, was now lying on the ground like a dead snake. The world spun. Colors morphed into each other. Everything churned into a blur of amber light. And at the center of it all, tall towers of thick mist rose from the burning ground, one after the other. Let's stick around a bit, Godborn. This is going to be fun. A pooch said, gripping me tighter. Fun? This was so not fun. Five figures walked through the fire. I recognized Mott immediately, and I have to admit I was glad to see him. He was more spiffed up than I had than I'd last seen than I'd seen him last, wearing a dark blue pinstripe suit with a white button-down shirt and no tie. Next to him was a burly dude with a long beard and black circle inked around his eyes. He wore a leather jacket, tattered jeans, motorcycle boots, and a sour expression like someone had woken him up from a long nap. The other three figures stood erect. My still-in-shock mind realized holy, slowly that if Mott was here, then that meant, holy smokes, these were Maya gods.